0: We head to the polls this coming Monday to vote for new mayors and city councils and school trustees and referendum questions regarding daylight saving time and equalization payments. You can even vote for senators in waiting if you want. It's going to be a stacked ballot. There is a lot to get through, um, and it's kind of interesting when you take a look at the way it's shaping up in uh, Alberta's two biggest cities because there's some parallels, but at the same time. Um, it's different in terms of how close of a race it is. So let's deal with the Edmonton situation first, and then we'll do the Calgary one in just a minute. First, uh, Edmonton, we're going to chat with uh, David Cornway, who is an Alberta political writer and host of the Dave Berta podcast. Dave, thanks so much for your time this morning. Appreciate you joining us. Hey, thanks for having me on, Shay. Yeah, taking a look at this Edmonton municipal vote and how it goes, you've sort of got and it, it often breaks down this way when you take a look at municipal elections. You've got so Sohi, who I think um, would probably be seen as most as a continuation of what we've seen down at City Hall in a, a status quo, if you will. Maybe I'm being a little too broad there. And then you've got Mike Nichol, who uh, you know uh, I consider to be sort of the, the anti-council councillor and somebody who is saying there's all kinds of problems with city council and we need to change it and it hasn't been working even though he's on council. You think that's a fair assessment? I, I think in terms of
1: broad broad generalization yeah. that that's 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 probably fair i mean emergegen so he's i mean if you're going to look at this as, as a um uh you know a frame of, of candidates who want to kind of continue the kind of city building that we've seen for the past really the past twenty years going back to when stephen Mandel became premier and the- expan- part premier pardon me mm-hmm. mayor uh and uh and uh, and started the, the kind of the big expansion of the LRT system and the big expansion of transit and focusing on on, on public transit and, and downtown and uh, looking at at some of the more how we could improve some of the more urban features of our of our city.
0: Um, you know, when you take a look at the way this is breaking down, um, the poll that came out yesterday, if you're if you believe the Leger poll, it shows that Sohi is basically got a two to one lead over nickel at this point 34% to i think 16%. Are you putting a lot of stock in that? I mean nickel is is convinced that it's a it's a phony poll. Uh, how close do you think this race will actually be?
1: Well, you know, I mean, it's uh, you know, it is one poll, so you, you know, you always have to take polls with with a grain of salt. Um, and you know, I mean, in terms of of Mike Nichols' response, I mean, candidates will promote polls that show them in the lead, and they'll talk about how polls who don't show are who who, who that, that don't show them in the lead are phony. So that's that, that's that, that's not really a surprise. I mean, looking looking at this poll, I mean, I'm not surprised. I, I get the sense that this is probably this might be where where the electorate is. And keeping in mind that this is this is only one poll. Um, I mean, Emerjit Sohi, he is very well known. He is, uh, you know, he, he was on city council for, for a number of years. He was a member of parliament. He was a federal cabinet minister. He's got a lot, a lot of name recognition. And, and I think that a lot of people who voted for Don Iveson in the past two, two, two mayoral elections yeah. will probably feel very comfortable voting for someone like Emerjit Sohi. I think, he, I think he, he continues a lot of those same values.
0: We're going to see some change in the mayor's chair, obviously. We're going to have a brand new mayor, but we're going to see a lot of new city councillors, too. There's going to be a lot mm-hmm. of turnover, um, which will be interesting. Um, Based on what we're seeing, and I was surprised by this, Dave. I don't know how you feel, but I actually got a thing from Marlon Schmidt, the Alberta MLA, NDP MLA, um, endorsing who he thinks people in his riding should vote for for Edmonton city councillor, which to me is all wrong. And We used to have this sort of firewall between partisan politics and municipal um it seems like that's gone now.
1: Yeah, I mean it, it, there's been a lot of uh, a lot of attention paid to endorsements and I think ML. when you look at MLAs endorsing candidates this election there's been a lot more. Yeah. I mean MLAs have, been, have seemed to have been a lot more active active in endorsing city council candidates in this campaign. It's not I mean MLAs endorsing city council candidates or mayoral candidates is not something that's that's unusual. Sure. It's not something that's that's uh that's that's brand new. This this happens in elections, um, but it does seem like they're. I mean, they're taking a more active role. But we're also seeing city incumbent city councilors take a more active role as well. So in, in terms of this endorsement game, we've seen uh, Michael Walters take a very active role. We've seen, uh, I mean, Mike Nickel, as, running as a mayoral candidate, has endorsed pretty much a full slate of, can- of his own city council candidates. As has Don Iveson. So we're kind of seeing. I mean, it, it's interesting and it's, it's notable, and it'll be interesting to see what the what the fallout is and what the results of the MLAs kind of getting in the muck and getting involved in the municipal election is. But um, overall, there seems to be more endorsements of, from incumbent city councillors and MLAs and mayoral candidates than we've typically seen in, in previous elections. So, I mean, we really won't know the impact of it. Um, until after monday um but it'll be it will be very interesting to
0: see yeah, and we won 't know the impact same sort of situation when it comes to all the added votes that are taking place in this municipal election we've got you know with the the referenda questions um and with the senator elections will that Encourage more people to go out and vote if they feel strongly about that. We did see a big bump in advance voting in this election, but that Mm -hmm. doesn't always translate. So we still don't, I mean, we had 31% the last time we had a municipal election. Um, Maybe Mm -hmm. this will help, but I guess we have to wait and see, right?
1: Yeah, you know, I, typically municipal elections have lower border lower voter turnout than provincial or federal elections, but because there's a there's a competitive mayoral election where there's no incumbent running for for election for mayor, that typically drives up voter turnout because people, I mean, people pay attention to their city council races and yeah. they pay attention to the school board, but really what people are paying attention to the big ticket item is is the mayoral election and who do you want to be mayor of Edmonton? So I expect the turnout will be higher. Whether turnout is is much higher than previous contested mayoral elections uh will be interesting to see i mean that's the question of i mean that's great that we're having uh higher advanced turnout but are those people who would have voted on election day anyway but because we've made it more convenient for people to vote in advance polls they've decided to to vote in advance polls so we'll we'll see what 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 that actually means for turnout even though i do expect it to be higher
0: what are you watching on election night what sort of has tweaked your interest aside from the mayor's race
1: uh, well, I mean, the, the the referendums will will be interesting to watch. I mean, you know, they're kind of a side. It's kind of a sidestone, and it's kind of a dog's breakfast. I mean, it'll be interesting to see where Albertans land on this on this equalisation referendum, which is which is a non-binding referendum. I mean, the daylight savings time referendum, which is kind of a um, an add-on that I mean, people are talking about, but not really talking about. I mean, people don't like. The, I think generally Albertans don't really like changing their clocks two times a year, but. Um, I'm not sure if people really feel or really understand. That that, yeah, that, that, or understand what what a change to daylight savings time would mean. So it's it's kind of that was kind of a, a strange add on that the provincial government added on to, on to uh, uh, this uh, added on to this, uh, uh, this this municipal boat. I think one of the things that's interesting in in the Leger poll is they they pulled so they you know they pulled you know, the mayoral, mayoral candidates, they they talked about the equalization referendum, the daylight saving time, but they also polled um, in terms of how, uh, how, how Edmontonians would feel about electing, um, or whether it's important that they elect a mayor who opposes Jason Kennedy and opposes the provincial government, who will stand up against the provincial government. And I think that really shows, and it, and it was high in Edmonton, With 60% of Edmontonians polled said they wanted a mayor who would stand up to the provincial government. And I think that really goes to show, um, just how deeply unpopular Premier Jason Kenney is in, in, in yeah. Alberta right now. And his total absence from this municipal campaign, and maybe not, I don't expect, I wouldn't expect the Premier to campaign for mayoral candidates or campaign for city council candidates, but he's basically been totally MIA on, uh, on the equalization referendum, which was his big thing that he was talking about coming out of the fair deal panel, coming out of, out of the fallout of the 2019 federal election. Um it's surprising to me that Kenny's not out there campaigning talking about what this means um but when you look at the you know when you look at his as at his uh, at his approve his dismal approval ratings when you look at at the you know the, the, what this leger poll says about uh how want their mayor to stand up to the provincial government I mean you know maybe all of a sudden it isn't so so surprising that that uh, that he's basically nowhere to be seen.
0: yeah keeping a low profile for sure uh interesting stuff thanks so much for your time Dave appreciate it
1: Thanks so
0: much, Dave. Yeah, you bet. That is Dave Cornway. He was a political writer in our province and host of the Dave Berta podcast. Um, Okay, so that deals with the Edmonton situation. Now let's turn our attention to Calgary. And as we said, there's some parallels, but um, the race is much, much closer. If the polls are to be believed, Uh, Judy Gondek and Jeremy Farkas, the frontrunners, and within the margin of error. Basically, we're talking about a statistical dead heat at this point. So it's going to be fun to watch on Monday night. We're going to take a break and come back and talk about what's going on in Calgary with the municipal election right after this. All right. Let's turn our attention to what's going on in Calgary now. And it's an interesting race down there. Monday night could be fun. Gondek Farkas, neck and neck heading into this final weekend of voting. So let's break it down a bit. We're going to chat now with Laurie Williams, a political science professor at Mount Royal University. Laurie, thank you so much for your time today. Well,
2: thanks for having me,
0: Shane. Yeah, when you take a look at the race in Calgary, um, there are similarities to the race in Edmonton where I think you've got sort of, um, let's keep going with the direction that we're on in Gondek, and then you've got the councils of disaster and everything needs to change in Farkas, which is very similar to the SOHI um Nickel dynamic in Edmonton, but the race is much much closer in Calgary.
2: Right, uh, and I think it's it's because we've got people that are, I think, in many people's eyes, viewed as as quite similar in terms of uh, experience on council. They've both been on council for four years, uh, a competitive race, and, and it looks to me like a lot of people are strategically voting. I mean, I think there are a lot of people who might prefer another candidate but are basically voting to stop the candidate they least like from, from becoming mayor.
0: And I mean, at this point it's, it's, it's neck and neck, right? I mean, all polling and, and really has right from the beginning shown that this race is, is basically been within the margin of error. It's too close to call.
2: Now, it, well, not only is it within the margin of error, we've got in many of these polls, the number of people who are undecided exceeds the, the number of people that are supporting one candidate or the other. So it's, with that that higher rate of, of undecided votes, more than more people undecided than are are going to vote for one of those top two candidates. Um, I think it looks like it's pretty pretty darn close,
0: and you know like you say when it comes to strategic voting, I don't know if that's really going to differentiate either, um, because you're going to have people who want change. So maybe Jeremy Farkas wasn't their first choice, but they don't like the way things have been going. So they'll jump on board that, where Gondek will pick up the people saying, we don't want what Farkas represents. So that strategic voting may not actually break things down any further.
2: Well, no, and it's very difficult to tell. Again, we're we're down to those same two candidates. Just it it comes down to both the undecided, maybe some people thinking this is... A complicated election understandably we've just come out of a federal election and people've got a ton of things to go through to try to get information yeah and and so we I think we also have uh, the question of turnout and this might come down to whoever's more, most successful at getting their their voters motivated to come out and vote
0: how will the referenda questions, and the senator election questions play into turnout, do you think? Will that bring out some people who may not really have gone out just for a municipal election but feel so strongly about this, send a message to Ottawa exercise that they may turn out and tip the scales in favour of one or the other?
2: I think it depends where where you're looking. I mean, if you're looking at places where the, the mayor's chair is empty, as they are in, in Calgary and Edmonton, I think... Uh, and the number of council seats in in Calgary as well. I mean, we're looking at the possibility of of only two or three incumbents returning. Yeah. Um, in the next council, and I think that matters to a lot of people. They know their vote can make a huge difference in such a competitive election. I think that's going to be the bigger factor in turnout uh, than than any of the referendum questions, because the reality is we all know that those referendum questions aren't going to make a difference in the short term. Only one of them is binding. That's the daylight saving. Yeah. One, and, of course, there's no, no sort of timeline on that. Uh, it'll depend on what happens with other jurisdictions.
0: Um, I've been talking about this this morning, and I don't know if you've seen the same thing. It seems to me, and I've, and I've covered a lot of municipal elections in this province, this one is very different in terms of the level of involvement from partisan politicians. I got a message in the mailbox from Marlon Schmidt, the NDP Emily, telling me who he supports. Uh, we've seen all kinds of endorsements coming from outgoing mayors and different councillors and things like that. It seems like that whole exercise of keeping municipal politics free from partisan politics has gone out the window this time around. Do you see it the same way?
2: Yeah, I, I, Certainly there is more overt partisanship happening in this. In, uh, in this race. It's not that it's never been there before, but voters, generally speaking, haven't haven't been um, as affected by it. This time, it looks like there is a lot more going on with respect to that, and part of it, I think, is because of the third-party advertisers yeah. being involved in the game. So we've got a lot of money going into both conservative and progressive um, uh, PPAs that, that I think have... We don't know exactly who's donating the money, but we are seeing them advertised. We're seeing lots of questions about whether candidates might be beholden to somebody who's endorsed them or is supporting them. Um, and, I, you know, it's a bit disappointing for me, at least, because in municipal races, we want our candidates to represent our constituency, us, not not a particular ideological position or party. What are you
0: expecting to see on Monday? I mean, our uh, voter turnout in Calgary in our last election was 51 percent, 30 percent in Edmonton. Municipal elections are always terrible. But like you say, there's a lot at stake here just in terms of turnover alone. Do you think we'll see better numbers this
2: time around? Difficult to tell. As We've seen the advanced polling numbers, especially in Calgary. They're, uh, they're uh, higher than they were in the last two advanced, two elections combined. Uh, so high advanced poll turnout makes us think, well, maybe people are really interested and want to come out and vote, but we saw high advanced polling in the federal election, and those numbers were actually down yeah. slightly. Covid plays into this we don 't know what's going on there, and I just I think let 's call it voter fatigue. the idea that people have so many choices uh so much information to digest um, that that for some people it might seem a bit overwhelming they may may decide not to vote on everything they have a choice. Uh, of voting on they may not come out at all you, we see them when people have too many choices too many decisions to make that can actually be a bit a bit um paralyzing and and so that's that's certainly a possibility here as well um all of that said you know we've just seen in the in the federal federal election recounts uh one race flipping from the Ducks to the liberals by a margin of 12 votes yeah We've seen, we've seen high elections in Calgary, and whenever I speak to people about this election, I just remind them, literally every vote can count. If it matters to you what your council looks like, it's very important that you go out and vote, because it makes a difference.
0: Aside from the mayor's chair, uh, what are you watching? And like we say, it's going to be very interesting with this amount of turnover in both cities. Um, yeah. What are you keeping an eye on Monday night?
2: Well, there are, not only are we looking at people that aren't running again in Calgary, there are a couple of incumbents that look like they're in trouble. Um, and so this could be a lot of turnover. Uh, on the other hand, we've got a couple of uh, former councillors who uh, served up until 2017 running again. So still there's going to be a fair bit of a of, uh, shift on council. i I'm going to be looking to see if it's sort of shifting ideologically, Is there more ideological influence here. I'm also going to be watching the school board elections. Yeah, uh, we- 57 out of 61 school boards in Alberta are refusing to pilot the draft K-6 to curriculum, and some of these school board races, um, the candidates are actually speaking about their position on, on that curriculum, so it'll be interesting to see if that has an impact as well.
0: Yeah, and we're even seeing endorsements of school board trustees, which usually fly completely under the radar.
2: Right now, of course, we're seeing slates, which we've seen before. Yeah. Um, a lot of these dynamics we've seen before, but with such a high turnover rate. I mean, incumbency was a, was a pretty good hedge against the influence of those kinds of uh, forces in, in previous elections, with so many newcomers potentially on council and on school boards. I mean, in Calgary, we've got five out of seven that aren't returning, five out of seven open seats. And so um, this election could, could really change the tenor yeah. of both the school board and the council.
0: Yeah, it should be an interesting night. Lori. thank you so much for your insight today. Appreciate it. Well, thank you, Shane. Thanks very much. That's Lori Williams, who is a political science professor at Mount Royal University. And yeah, it's going to be uh, interesting. And, you know, we're going to have a lot of fresh blood in both cities when it comes to people taking positions on city council. Now that can be good and that can be bad. I mean, there's there's a learning curve here. There's a bit of an upswing that people have to get on board pretty quickly, but I think they will, Um, you know, and uh, it's kind of good to have some transition from, you know, people who've been there a while and sort of know the ropes to the brand new people, but we're gonna have a lot of change. We're gonna have a lot of turnover, so it's gonna be exciting.